Welcome to Stories from Nowhere. I'm your host, Randa Bond. Today's story is entitled, Scraping the Slush. With Father's Day just around the corner next Sunday, I thought I might share a story or two about my own father, a little more personal and intimate than I normally do, but I think appropriate for the holiday that's coming up. I remember the day that my dad passed away. I know many people say that they remember things like it was yesterday, but I really do remember like it was yesterday. I remember what I was wearing, where I was standing, who I was talking with, what the weather was like, what the smells were in the air when I found out that my dad had passed away. I had just started my first teaching job up in Holton a few months before my dad was diagnosed with cancer in December. My dad passed away the following March, and during that month, we were in final preparations for our musical, uh, South Pacific, when I got a call from my mom. She told me, if you want to say goodbye to your dad, you'd better come see him tonight. And it was weird because I had this uh, conversation with myself in my head, kind of like an argument of whether I should go see my dad or if I shouldn't go see my dad, because I knew if I went to see my dad, he was going to tell me I shouldn't have gone to see him and that I should be up at Holton and I should be with my kids rehearsing where my responsibilities were. But of course, I left the rehearsal and I drove to see my dad. And I remember walking into the house and seeing him there on the hospital bed that they'd moved into the living room because my father could no longer walk up and down the stairs to get to his bedroom. And I thought, this isn't the man that I grew up with. He was pale and frail, and he was yellow from the liver cancer that had overtaken him. The man that I grew up with rebuilt a bulldozer in the garage. He uh, built a canoe from scratch, and he wheeled a working iron lung home from the hospital. The man that I saw lying before me wasn't that man that I grew up with. And he was resting, but Mom told me that I needed to wake him up, as he'd be very disappointed if he found out that I'd come to visit and hadn't talked to him. So I touched his shoulder, I got my face close to his, and I said, Hey, Dad, it's Randy, I'm here. He roused and grunted a little bit, and then his eyes caught mine, and uh, he smiled at me, and he said, Hi, Sonny. I smiled back, I touched his forehead, and then his smile went away, and he said, uh, Shouldn't you be at rehearsal with your students? I smiled again and told him that I would go up to rehearsal as soon as we were finished with our visit. At this point in his brief battle, he barely had the strength to keep his eyes open, but we shared a short conversation. That conversation will stay with me until I pass, and that's not for public consumption. And after that conversation, I kissed him on the forehead, and he told me, go back to your kids and your rehearsal. They need you more than I do. So I gave my mom a hug, and I left and returned to go back to the rehearsal, and it was about an hour drive away. When I pulled into the parking lot, one of my students, Chris, was waiting for a ride from his mom. And uh, I pulled up, rolled down my window, and said, is, is rehearsal over already? And he said, yeah, Mrs. Burgess, that was my accompanist who was left in charge of the rehearsal, Mrs. Burgess isn't quite the taskmaster that you are. That was his witty reply. Just as he finished his statement, 
a police officer had pulled into the parking lot and he drove right up to us and he rolled down his window and said, uh, are you Randall Bond? Chris and I both looked at each other, knowing what this must mean. Chris gave me a big hug and he said, I'm so sorry, Mr. Bond. And he walked over to his mother's car and got in and left. The officer informed me that my mom had been trying to get a hold of me at the high school and had finally decided to call the police department to see if they could come and find me. I didn't have a cell phone at the time, which seems kind of odd today. So I went into the school and went into the office and called home, and Mom informed me that my dad had passed away shortly after I left. I don't remember much of what I thought about on the ride to Mom's house. I remember thinking, my dad's not even going to see the first show that I do as a teacher. He's not going to see Lauren and Lindsay and Claire grow up. He's not going to see them go to college or get married or have kids. He's not going to see what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And maybe thoughts like that are selfish. I don't know, but that's what I was thinking as I drove home. I remember coming into the house, and all of my siblings were there, and they were waiting in the kitchen with my mom. We weren't allowed in the living room because they were still tending to my dad's body. So we were there in the kitchen, which at the time, in my mind, seemed to make a lot of sense, as that was really the hub of our house growing up anyway. There's not much else that I recall from that day or the next. I know that there were a lot of decisions that were made, and my mom was an absolute rock during this time. And it was very obvious that she had spent several conversations with my dad about what she was and was not to do for his funeral arrangements. I remember going to the funeral home as a family as we were trying to pick out a casket for my dad and the funeral director showing us a titanium casket and a solid steel casket and a casket lined with silk and a hermetically sealed casket that would preserve my dad for, you know, decades. And I remember, remember my mom touching a, a plain oak casket. And she said, I think this is the casket your dad would have wanted. And we all agreed. I led the music at the funeral service. My mom was a little concerned, but I remember telling her, you know, if somebody else messes this up, I'm going to be upset for a very long time. So I did it. I led the service. And I never really felt too emotional at his funeral. But at the viewing, the viewing... That wasn't quite the same way. Hundreds of people showed up. Many of these people I'd never seen in my life. I didn't know who they were. My dad was a very simple, humble man. He was very quiet and subdued. Never wanted to draw attention to himself. And here there were people from work. His many missions trips where he built hospitals and wells and churches. He had friends and colleagues. And a similar message was uttered over and over and over again. Your dad was such a good man. Your dad always talked about you and your family and your mom. Your dad was a godly man. Your dad talked about church and about his relationship with God. And on and on it went. And I remember thinking, I'm never going to be the man that my dad was. Now, my dad was not perfect. I know that sometimes, oftentimes, we tend to really put people on a pedestal after they've passed away. But my dad had many flaws, but he did one thing exceptionally well, and that was to show love, compassion, and mercy. Now, I didn't see 
many of the last two of those, compassion and mercy, in my younger years. But if you knew me then, you'd know how crazy I drove my dad and my teachers and pastors and family members. So I'm not sure that it would have been fully deserved anyway. Shortly after my dad had passed, I was talking to a friend on the phone. And she asked me a unique question. She said, what's one of your childhood memories where somebody showed you unconditional love? I hadn't even thought about my childhood in a long time. I had a good childhood, at least I think I had a good childhood, a really good childhood. So it took me a minute and then I shared this story with her. I told her, I remember a time that my dad took me, Bob, and Richie ice skating. We had hiked to a small pond above our house. We had tied the shoelaces of our skates together and slung them around our neck and we hiked about a mile up to this pond carrying various sleds and other things with us. When we made it to the pond, we of course wanted to run right out and start sliding around on it. But my dad stopped us and he pulled out this little hatchet and he began chopping away at the frozen surface of that pond and he explained that he would not let us skate unless it was at least six inches deep. And he told us that it needs to be four inches minimum, but we're not skating unless it's six. So he took that hatchet and he cut down through the ice and then he measured it. I have no idea how deep that ice was. I only know that he told us we could go ahead and go out on the ice. And so we did. The three of us were out there slipping and sliding and pushing each other and having a good old time. And then we finally sat down to put our skates on. Now the skates we had had two blades on them so that we could skate around better and have better balance. My dad was actually quite a good skater, but us boys, I can easily say that we were, we were horrible. And things weren't made easier by the fact that by the time we got up to the pond, the sun had come out and it was warming the top of that pond and creating kind of a layer of slush all around the top of that pond. Over the next four hours, my dad took this sled that we had brought with us, one of those old runner sleds with the steel runners, and he turned that sled sideways, and he began pushing the slush off the top of that pond. He'd clear the pond off, take a little break, and as the slush, slush would start to build back up again, he'd start scraping that pond again. He'd take a break occasionally to whip out his 8mm camera to take some silent movies of us skating on that pond, but for four hours, he didn't skate or do anything but watch us and scrape the slush off the top of that pond. It was such an odd thing to remember. At the time, I really didn't think much of it at all. I mean, as a young boy, who would have thought much of that? But now that I was older and I had children of my own, Lauren, Lindsay, and Claire, I realized what a great lesson in love that really was. I often remember that story. It's typically when I'm teaching or when I'm frustrated with someone or I'm dealing with my own children because sometimes if you want what's best for someone, you have to scrape off a little slush. Maybe that's showing them love or maybe it's being quiet and listening to them or maybe it's providing discipline or maybe, maybe it's actually scraping off the slush from a small pond so your boys can enjoy a few hours of skating. I miss my dad. Father's Day is always a bittersweet day for me. It's amplified because I selfishly wish that he was still here with me to see what I'm doing with my life and so I could brag about what Lauren, Lindsay, and Claire were doing and what Jackson and Caitlin are doing now. 
For years after my father died, I would catch myself saying, oh, hey, we could just call my dad. Or, hey, I should just call my dad and see what he has to say. I miss those opportunities to talk with my dad and learn from his experiences, his mistakes, and to garner some of his wisdom. I still wonder if I'll ever be the man that my dad was. But in the meantime, I'll just keep scraping the slush. This has been Stories from Nowhere. I'm your host, Randall Bond. Thank you for joining us today. Join us again next Monday for an all-new episode. Remember again that this Sunday is Father's Day, so give your old man a call or send him an email or maybe stop by and let him know you're thinking about him.